0: Welcome to Sustainability Bridges, a Eurosif podcast that aims to build bridges between policymakers, investors, academics, and civil society around the theme of sustainable investment. EurosIF, the European Sustainable Investment Forum, is the leading pan-European association promoting sustainable finance and investment at the European level. In these podcasts, EuroSIF's Executive Director invites distinguished guests for a 30-minute conversation on current events shaping the sustainable investment community. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Aleksandra Palinska and I am the Executive Director of EuroSIF. For this episode of Sustainability Bridges, I am honoured to be joined by Mr. Filip Zawati, founder and CEO of Mirova, a leading sustainable investment and asset management firm. Mirova is a pioneer in sustainable finance and has developed its own international recognized certification system, the B Corp certification label. Together, we are going to discuss the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, ESRS, global sustainability reporting standards developed by ISP, the Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive and the evolution of the sustainable finance regulatory framework in the EU and beyond. Dear Philip, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Alexandra.
0: To start with, could you please tell us about Mirova and the company's mission and its commitment to investing sustainably?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, so Mirova is a, a relatively uh, a young company. I mean, we created it uh, ten years ago, and uh, uh, with the uh, the objective to uh, to create a company fully dedicated to responsible investments, so that uh, what we uh, we have. I mean, been doing these last ten years, investing in different asset classes from uh, listed equities to uh, private equity, but always with the objective to uh, to create a positive environmental and social impact. So today we we manage uh, around 30 billion euros. We are 250 people based in Paris, London, Boston, Nairobi, Lima, and Singapore, and uh, and we uh, are I mean fully committed to uh, to the. Uh, um evolution of uh, sustainable investments uh and so that's it
0: thank you as ceo of an asset management firm could you please share with us what are the main challenges fund managers face when making investment decisions especially while wishing to invest sustainably
1: oh we uh, we are facing a lot of challenges i mean of course <laughs> the world is uh, the world of investments is difficult uh, but uh, at the same time, there are also a lot of opportunities in this new uh, challenging world. Uh, so uh, the idea of Mirova was to create a, a proof of concept that it was possible to, to, to manage money at a large scale, uh, but uh, but always with this uh, sustainability in mind. But today, we 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 are uh, the, the most important uh, difficulty that that we we are facing is that. Uh, the, um, the mainstreaming of uh, ESG and, and responsible investments uh, has been of course a, a very good news these last year's, but at the same time, it has created a kind of confusion in the market uh, with a, a lot of difficulties to, uh, to define uh, clearly what uh, sustainability means, uh, with a lot of new regulations coming on, uh, and also uh, uh, with a, a lot of, uh, let's say a, a lot of pushback. I mean, uh, and, uh, and attacks uh, from uh, from the business as usual uh, lobbies. So uh, so yes, we, we are uh, navigating uh, in in into this, this new world, into this space. And uh, and so uh, uh, the, what we try to do today is to uh, stick on our on our commitments, stick on our convictions, uh, and try to explain to the market that there is a wide range. Uh, w- within uh, responsible investments, and that uh, investors should, uh, uh, I mean, look at it more carefully and, and try to understand much more what it means and uh, how uh, how the, the different offers can stick to, uh, can I mean, can fit with their uh, objectives. Uh, so that's probably the, the the different difficulties that we are facing today.
0: Thank you. That's um, very helpful. Um, Now, moving on to the corporate sustainability reporting, what are your thoughts on the latest developments on corporate sustainability reporting at EU and global level? In particular, what are your views on the latest changes introduced by the European Commission to the final draft first set of the European sustainability reporting standards that were consulted on until 7th of July?
1: So CSRD is, of course, uh, very important for us as as investors. I mean, uh, we we have our own regulation, uh, as you uh, as you may know. I mean, the SFD, SFDR regulation, which uh, requires us to uh, to be very uh, um, uh, transparent about uh, about our portfolios and to uh, and to uh, disclose a lot of. Uh, um data uh, around uh, the, the footprint of our portfolios and the different uh, uh, measures uh, impact measures on our, on, on our portfolio and, and to do this we uh, uh, of course need to get the data mainly from corporate from the companies uh, And so uh, 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 the uh, it's uh, very important to have a, a kind of coherence between uh, the, the the regulation on the, on the financial side and the regulation on the corporate side. Uh, because at the, same, at the end of the day, this is data that we, that, that we have to use. Uh, so uh, to a certain extent, the fact that we had the financial regulation before the corporate reporting regulation was uh, to, well, a little bit tricky, uh, because we had to start reporting without the data coming from the, from the company. But anyway, it's not a, a big deal. We, uh, we, we, we we can use uh, estimates for, for for a couple a couple of months or years. But it's very important now to, to look at this uh, CSRD uh, directive. So what's going on uh, in uh, um, around this? Uh, there was a lot of uh, concerns and uh, uh, around this directive because we uh, we were uh, very concerned about the fact that uh, the European Commission could. Uh, I mean uh, be very uh, I mean, we can a lot uh, the, the, the the directive when uh, issuing the, the the standard the ESRS standard. Uh, and and the reason why we were a little bit uh, concerned about this was because there was a, a very strong pushback from the uh, the big uh, industrial lobbies and also from the ISSB which is the international uh, regulation standard. And all these guys were clearly pushing uh, the, the commission to focus only on climate and to let aside all the other um, uh, objectives, I mean, around uh, biodiversity, uh, human rights, socials, and so on and so forth. Uh, and and finally, we, uh, we were very happy that uh, finally the, the European Commission clearly uh, uh, was quite strong uh, in uh, I mean refusing to uh, to give up on, on on these objectives and finally should all the uh, standards uh, from climate to uh, to human rights uh, and and so that was good news so that that was the first important thing to say uh, so now we we have these uh, all these standards and they they probably should be uh, fully uh, um, uh, be fully adopted in, in the coming months at the same time, uh, of course, uh, these standards have been uh, weakened on uh, at least uh, uh, two aspects. Uh, the first one uh, wh- uh, is the fact that uh, uh, some of the companies, I mean, the small and mid companies, um, will have more time uh, to, uh, to fulfill the, these requirements. Uh, and we think that uh, but, but, but was not really necessary. Uh, so that, that was the first point. Um, and, uh, and the second one um, is more important is the fact that uh, the companies uh, would be able not to report if they think that uh, the, this or, or, or those criteria is not material for them. So when I say material is, of course, material on both sides is it's, it's still the double, what we call double materiality. That means the impact on this topic, on the financials of the company, but also the impact of the company on these topics. Uh, so that's good. That's uh, that, that's clearly a, a, an, an excellent point on, uh, in, in European regulation. But still, uh, if the company feels that uh, this criteria, let's say, I don't know, biodiversity uh, is not material for them, they could... Uh, not report on this topic, uh, which uh, we—I mean, of course, we, this is weakening a lot the 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 the, 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 re- the reporting—and we would prefer to have s- at least some of these criteria. And I am thinking more especially uh, of the, the climate part of the uh, of the reporting. We would have preferred to uh, to to have uh, an obligation. I mean, uh, that it uh, is still compulsory for for the company to to report. So these are the two uh, most important uh, weakening part of the uh, of the CSRD uh, uh, last uh, issue uh, European Commission issue, and so we will continue to, uh, I mean, to to lobby and to uh, and 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 to say to the European Commission what we what we think they uh, they, they should do. I uh, just signed uh, this week uh, an open letter, a Tribune. Uh, um uh, with uh, uh, about 20 uh, other big uh, uh, CEOs uh, in France. and so we I mean we are a lot uh, I mean p- push, pushing of course with this, uh, this agenda.
0: Thank you, Philippe. indeed, a uh, very important um, topic. um maybe also just very briefly touching upon some of the uh, details and aspects of it. also, um as you mentioned, actually, one of the main, I would say, aspects which are tricky right now is that in the latest final draft delegated acts uh, actually there is no more mandatory indicators right and on one hand side the explanation for that was that companies need to run uh, the materiality assessment you know based on the double materiality principle so it's not like these disclosures would be voluntary however would you still be concerned to what extent actually companies will always actually run the double materiality assessment thoroughly? Especially that dub- double materiality is actually quite a new concept as well. Uh, of course, now EFRAC is also developing a guidance to eventually help companies, but of course we we it's still unclear to what extent this guidance will be, I would say, sufficiently detailed uh, in and you know, I would say enough for companies, especially those that might be doing this kind of reporting for the first time to to be able to run this process, you know, smoothly and and thoroughly. And uh, at the end of the day, it also probably puts, you know, quite a lot of importance of the work that will be done by the consultants and also by the auditors. A well to, to help companies prepare these disclosures and also with the materiality assessment process, but at the same time also in terms of verifying whether uh the you know this process has been done thoroughly. So w- what are your views on that? And and do you think it's might be particularly tricky also in the context of SFDR, climate benchmarks and you know, other reporting obligations whereby indeed probably it would be more helpful if companies would be disclosing a certain data set
1: yes i mean i i i fully, uh, fully agree with uh, all, all what you uh, all what you say i mean clearly uh, the, this this is going to be a, uh, a, tra- a transition i mean uh in principles uh, we are uh, as investors we 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 are happy with the, the concept of materiality uh, because we we don't want all, uh, on the other hand to be uh, uh overhand with uh, a lot of data which are uh, useless or which doesn't mean anything for 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 the for the company so uh so on the principle it's it's, it's, a, it's a good idea uh so now we have to uh, to implement the this uh i mean correctly and, and efficiently uh, so uh and 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 to do this we need we need a lot of guidance clearly uh, and more especially we need a uh, sector and industry guidance I think for some industries uh, or some in some sectors it, it it's uh, I mean it would, would be uh, an evidence that for example uh, climate uh, climate disclosure I- is necessary uh and and, and so uh, I think we uh, we would clearly need uh, more more details uh, coming from the commissions but maybe uh, also from regulators or or, or maybe uh, also industry-led, Initiatives. So, uh, so we we clearly have to to strengthen all, all this in the, in, the, in the coming months.
0: Thank you. And uh, w- what are your views on the standards developed by ISB? I mean, do you do you find them? I would say uh, sufficiently helpful and and ambitious.
1: I mean, uh, so first, I, I I don't I don't know uh, the, the the work in detail, so I can I cannot tell you uh, uh, technically uh, uh, I don't have a technical advice or a technical vision of, of this. But uh, the fact that there is a, uh, a global and standard way to to measure and to and to report on uh, on topics like climate, biodiversity, and so on is of course a very good thing. I mean, we cannot uh, we cannot at the end of the day only. Uh, rely on uh, european regulation uh, it, it has to be global at a at certain extent uh so uh, so i think yeah we are welcoming welcoming the the, the, the work uh, at the at the global level uh and and i think that technically the world is is well done because they are i mean uh, uh, i mean u- using all the, the the different right tools like GRI you know and, and, and other uh reporting um, um tools Um, but of course i mean at the end of the day the the only big issue is that it's a it's uh, a it's a simple materiality uh, uh, initiative i mean standard so uh, so uh, clearly uh, explained by emmanuel Faber itself so they start by assessing all the different uh, impacts and then they filter it uh, through the financial materiality lens that means that they uh, will require the company only to report on what is financially material for the for, for the companies so this is really uh, very important and uh, and and we uh, it's much more it's very important in some of, of the uh, of the philo- philosophy of of all this and 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 the way it's uh, it's impacting the uh, the the um, the conduct, I mean, the way the way the, 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 the big uh, companies and and the CEOs and the management of these companies are behaving and uh, and developing their strategy. So uh, it's very important. If the message is you only have to to, uh, to, to look at at your financial and at uh, at the impact on, on on your business and all these, uh, w- the only thing we have to rely on is the economy and the markets we we clearly uh, are not going in the right direction. I mean, we, we know, I mean, now for sure that the economy itself and, and the market itself will not solve the issues we are facing. That's for sure. I mean, we have been exper- ex- experiencing these uh, for years. Uh, we need much more regulation. We need a clear standard. And we need to uh, make uh, the, the, the big... Uh, uh, Companies' uh, top management understand that they have a responsibility on uh, on the, uh, the general interest, on climate, on uh, on environment, on, on inequalities. Uh, so it's not only uh, about measuring the, uh, the 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 impacts; it's about I mean feeling themselves responsible of the world around them.
0: I think this is very well said and and, and very important uh, indeed. And do you think in this actually context, it would be useful that ISB actually revisits its understanding of what they refer to as investor materiality? Because actually, you know, through the kind of single materiality, financial materiality lens, they seem to be, you know, often referring to investor materiality, saying information that is actually material for investors. However, making the link, you know, with, I would say, the the definitions and concepts they have developed in the context of financial reporting. So, do you think it would be useful that they actually revisit the notion of the investor materiality saying, well, look, actually, nowadays, investors are not only interested necessarily in financial results, but are also They need to understand the sustainability risks, which, of course, at the end of the day, have um, financially material implications. However, at the same time, there is a growing number of investors that are interested in the impact materiality, right? So do you think this is the angle that actually could be also helpful to explore? Uh,
1: Yes, it could could be uh, one. So the, the the first and most probably more uh, urgent uh, thing to, to to do is to uh, to make sure that the uh, ISSB is not a problem for the uh, for the European regulation. So that means that the, the European con- regulation continue to move forward and to uh, and to develop its, uh, its standards, and also to uh, to make it. Uh, as easy as possible, uh, as simple as possible for the companies to report on both standards, I mean, uh, EU, uh, uh, CSRD, and ISSB, uh, because we will have more and more companies saying, I don't want to report on two standards, and I-, I want only one, and we know what what, it mean, uh, what what it means, I mean, it means that they only want to report on ISSB. Uh, the, the fact that uh, the, the connection, I mean, these two standards and, uh, and the way they, uh, they can uh, speak to each other, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a first important thing, I mean, more, probably urgent. Then uh, you write uh, about the, the, uh, the investors. Uh, the problem is that uh, it's just at, at, at the same time where there is a big uh, battle and, and controversy uh, on, on, on the uh, investor side as well. Uh, and all the discussion around the uh, um, fiduciary duty in the U.S. Uh, and uh, regulation around ESG, uh, which was uh, uh, passed uh, at the Congress and then with the veto of Biden uh, these last months. I mean, uh, I mean, it has it, it, it clearly uh, uh, has become a, a kind of very political uh, political fight in the U.S. Uh, and so clearly, uh, uh, what investors should do is also a uh, uh, Discussion on the table, so I don't know if uh, if we can uh, deal this kind of controversy through the ISSB or outside the ISSB, and if the ISSB and, and to, if it will be only a consequence for the ISSB moving forward, I, I don't know. But clearly, um, the role of the investors. And uh, the development of the impact investing uh, is, is key uh, not only for the investing side, but of course it will be key for the uh, transparency and, 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 and regulation on the, on the corporate side as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, now, moving on to the uh, corporate sustainability due diligence uh, directive that is currently um, well, being negotiated. um, by uh, the EU institutions, the co-legislators, and uh, recently entered the so-called trialogue negotiations whereby the Commission, Parliament and the Council are trying to find uh, a compromise they can all live with. Uh, In particular, do you think we need binding net zero targets and transition plans, I mean, an obligation for large companies to set and implement uh, climate targets and transition plans, as well as, in general, corporate due diligence uh, obligation uh, to run through value chain? And uh, what do you think about, uh, well, a provision which is uh, probably a little bit more controversial even than that, meaning linking a proportion of directors' variable remuneration with corporate uh, climate and other sustainability targets. Do you think it could be an interesting incentive for corporate executives to pursue climate and other sustainability goals?
1: On the first part of your question, I mean, on principles, yes, we think that we we, we need um, clearly uh, to have uh, more information about the, the trajectory and the, and the strategy of the company in terms of the the, the, the way they they are going to uh, to go to net zero. It was not it was not really the, the purpose of the of, of this law at the beginning. Uh, so uh, I'm al- always a little bit concerned about the uh, the the way the legislations uh, are. Discussed and, uh, uh, and and negotiated and, and, and approved, and and the fact that there are a lot of overlaps between the different directives, uh, I, I'm not sure that this is the best way to uh, to uh, I mean to get clear uh, directions and information to the to the diff- different players. So uh, I mean anyway, we we use these to uh, to to push to to push this kind of. Uh, of requirements on climate it's not it's it's okay uh but uh, again uh, I, I would prefer to have uh, some very uh, clear uh objectives i mean uh, uh, in uh, each directive because at the end of the day uh if we of course we 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 should put climate everywhere e- everywhere but uh, at, the end of, at the end of the day it could become some a little bit fuzzy and, and and difficult to understand for companies. So uh, I, I have to to, to say that uh, and uh, and so this uh, CSSD directive is so important in terms of due diligence on other topics uh, that uh, uh, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, uh, like to uh, to have all the, the 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 focus and the controversies uh, focused on the on on the on the climate topic on on, on this directive. Uh, but anyway, uh, in, in, uh, uh, regarding your, the second part of your question, uh, in, uh, about the, the the link between uh, due diligence uh, and and compensations uh, and, and uh, management compensation, uh, we we of course uh, clearly uh, are in favor of this. Uh, we have been pushing this for years. I mean, the different uh, in the way we uh, we we vote on on the different. Uh, AGMs or, or, or the companies uh, in which we are uh, in, invested in. I mean, again, that's exactly what I was saying before. I mean, the, the, the top management of companies should understand that they have uh, a responsibility, and uh, and what is the best way to uh, to make them understand that they have a responsibility by uh, then linking the, their remuneration to this responsibility. Uh, so, uh, so definitely, this is something very very very, very important. Yes
0: thank you very much in terms of you know uh possible duplications overlaps i mean my understanding is that you see in a in a way corporate sustainability due diligence directive goes hand in hand with corporate sustainability reporting directive and indeed here on the with regards to Climate targets and transition plans, the intention is to ensure that in terms of the reporting, it's in line with the European sustainability reporting standards. It was just intended that while the standards, you know, is a disclosure based regulation, here, kind of with Article 15, to kind of underpin it with, you know, placing a clear obligation, at least for the largest companies, to set. And implement uh, those targets. But yeah, I fully agree that we should not forget about you know the kind of a core objective of, of this directive, meaning the uh uh due diligence uh requirements, which actually in France you have already had for, for, for a absolutely. while.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh but no, I, okay, you, you you know all the this history better than me, but uh but no, my, my just uh, concern is uh, about the way the, the the companies are receiving all these regulations. And so, uh, I mean, sometimes uh, we should maybe just I mean, do what you you, you just you just did and uh, uh, just explaining the big picture uh, because they don't they don't get the big, big picture. They only uh, only see like you know layers and layers and layers, and uh, uh, and that's not the, the, the best way to. Uh, to make them really, uh, uh, I mean, positive on all all these new regulations, you know.
0: Indeed, indeed. I I think I can definitely understand that some companies may feel uh, overwhelmed. And as you mentioned, communication is key and Mm. uh, explanations. Now, uh, moving back to more focus on investments, um, especially impact and transition investments that are gaining prominence. What changes do you think we need to the E regulatory framework to better cater for impact and transition investments and their specificities? Also, do you think there is a need to differentiate between the company and investor impact?
1: Yes. To, to start by, the, by by your last question, I I, I think it's uh, it's very important to uh, to define uh, what what it means for an investor to make an impact. This is something that we have uh, we have probably not worked uh, on uh, enough these, these last years, uh, and that will clearly lead to uh, understand and measure the impact of an asset managers of asset managers at, at the level of the, of the company of the of the asset manager itself, and not at the level of one investment fund. I I am not really uh, positive on on, on on all these measurements. All these uh, uh, definitions of impact at the fund level or at the strategy level, um, and uh, so I think uh, uh, for for an investor, uh, creating an impact is, is clearly more a holistic uh, issue, uh, and so uh, we 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 have to uh, to um, clearly uh, de- describe it uh, through all the different tools that an, an investors can have in his hand to make an impact. And these tools are, of course, designing products, uh, investing, choosing the companies in which they invest, uh, making an asset allocation, uh, but also, I mean, engaging, voting, uh, engaging with policymakers, engaging with peers, communicating, uh, um, and, and all these, I mean, Together, I mean, and working for new regulations, uh, uh, developing new methodologies to measure to, to measure carbon footprint or biodiversity footprint, uh, all this is useful, and all this can create an impact. Uh, and then we are also have to, to explain for the different asset classes what it means to make an impact. And uh, uh, and I mean, we are convinced convinced that uh, that impact investing is in not is not only as not to be restricted to very narrow asset classes like uh, uh, investing in, uh, in private equity, uh, impact private equity, or I don't, I don't know, I mean, uh, restoring mangroves in, uh, <laughs> in, in African coast. We, 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 we think that impact should be uh, all, I mean, all uh, over the, 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 the investment chain. I mean, uh, if not, we will, we will not succeed. I mean, we, we, the, 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 the companies and the projects, are using a lot of different tools to finance themselves. And so if we want to make an impact, we have to, uh, to use all these tools differently from investing in private equity in venture capital to investing in big equity markets as well. And, uh, but of course, uh, the kind of impact you, 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 you make is very different. When you invest in a small private equity uh, venture, uh, it's easy to define exactly what will be the, 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 the different uh, uh, impacts. When you uh, uh, invest uh, and you own uh, 0.2% of, uh, of the shares of big companies, then you have to act differently and to explain how uh, you, 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 could, you could make an impact through uh, the evolution of markets. So, uh, yeah, uh, and, and it's very different, of course, of defining what is the impact at the company level. Because the company has its scope and uh and its strategy uh and uh, and and they have to develop their, their strategy uh thinking about their impact uh but it's clearly completely different from an investor which is broader i mean in terms of uh in terms of the 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 decision uh, decisions he has to to take
0: thank you and uh Indeed, for instance, in the context of uh, public equity markets, uh, w- what do you think are the most important tools at the investor disposal to actually, yes, deliver impact through the investments? I mean, how important do you see the role of actually stewardship and engagement in this context?
1: Stewardship and engagement are, are as. Uh, for, for long being used as an alibi uh, uh, not to do anything else. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm, I think uh, engagement is, uh, is important, but we should not think and focus on engagement uh, in order to uh, avoid us to make some big choices in terms of asset allocation and, 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 uh, and company selection. So if we, if you uh, if you add these two parts, I mean, if you work, uh, if you use the, them, uh, I mean, uh, both uh, at the same time to, to to clearly create an impact, that could be powerful. So this is what we try to do. We uh, uh, the, the uh, all these uh, you know uh, uh, debate around. Uh, engagement uh, uh, against divestments is, uh, is a useless debate I mean uh, we of course when you when you are an investor you have to make choices, choices if you don't choice if you invest in everything uh, you cannot have an impact uh, but at the same time you also can choose some of the companies which are not yet um, very uh, uh, I mean in the right path and and, and try to help them to, to move forward and, uh, and, and and to change uh, their trajectory, and this is what what engagement and and stewardship is uh, is about. Uh, but also, uh, I, I think that when you uh, when you invest in a, in listed market in public markets the important thing is try to uh, push and um, to change the behavior of this market. I mean, and, and that that's more difficult. Clearly, uh, if you look at what uh, at the way the the sustainable finance uh, evolved uh, these last 10-15 uh, years, we have done a lot of. A lot of new things, but uh, at the margin of, of the system, but the heart of the system, the heart of the ways, the way the, uh, the the listed and public markets are working, is clearly still the same. It's very short, very short term oriented, uh, and uh, and so uh, we can do to, to change this. Of course, is is very important. I mean, uh, uh, for example, I mean uh, clearly uh, pushing for. Uh, Say on climate, for, for, for example, is clearly a, a way to, to change the behavior of the market, integrating new information, uh, creating some collaborative engagement uh, with uh, other uh, 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 managers. So that's all the kind of things. Uh, and of course, engaging with policymakers uh, uh, as well to, to, to change the way the, the markets are organized.
0: Thank you. Now, maybe just to spend a a moment on actually social matters. I mean, I I know that Mirova has been also quite big, you know, in terms of actually promoting social, in a way, development, also through some, you know, targeted investments with positive uh, social impact. Meanwhile, actually, I think if we look at uh, the evolutions at the, you know, in, in terms of the European policy and regulatory space I think you know social aspects have been always probably the more difficult ones right and this is probably for you know various reasons i mean a you know in terms of actually environmental matters of course you know we have solid science to kind of back it up of course social aspects i mean okay there are certain things which are clear cut and pretty straightforward you know in terms of for instance human rights and you know human rights violations whereby we also have the international uh standards but but yes there are also certain social kind of norms uh, and aspects which are more, I would say, you know, there, there could be divergences between different uh, countries, different cultures. But yes, I mean, we, we've seen some of the, you know, kind of challenges of addressing actually these uh, social aspects, both in the context of the EU taxonomy, but also in the context of the European sustainability reporting standards, and even you know, I would say now speaking about the corporate sustainability reporting at uh, international level. I mean, what are your views on that, and and do you think it's very important to also ensure that we have appropriate disclosures on on social matters, and what are in your view are the best ways to effectively promote investments with positive social outcomes?
1: So uh, as you just said, I mean, it's, uh, this is a difficult difficult part. Uh, this is a difficult part, but let let be honest. Uh, the the reason why it, it, it's uh, also the difficult part for for investors, it's because uh, it's clearly more difficult to find investment opportunities, and uh, uh, and opportunities with a, a good risk-return profile. Uh, and it's clearly not. I mean that's the most important I mean, the the reason why environmental and climate finance uh, has developed so well these last 10 years i mean is also because we uh we now have a lot of very very interesting investment opportunities there is a lot of innovation there are a lot of new startups uh you can i mean you can earn a lot of money i mean investing in it <laughs> let let be let be frank that that's a and so, so uh, uh, we had the chance to, uh, to make it possible to, uh, to be uh, profitable and responsible at the same time investing in environment, which is clearly much more difficult on the social part, much more difficult. Uh, and so uh, uh, that's the, the, the reason why we, uh, we, we try to, to, to find ways to develop this. Uh, there are some uh, interesting topics. Uh, uh, we are, we are focused on uh, on our on, uh, on two topics on the environmental side, climate and biodiversity, biodiversity, and two topics on the social side, what we call human capital, which is basically uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is uh, clearly the way the companies are behaving internally, basically, and then the second uh, second topic is what we call human development, uh, which is basically uh, human well-being. And what we can do to uh, to improve human well being which could be a health, education, uh, and and all the tools around this, and and I think if you look at these two topics, then you can you can find some interesting opportunities. You can clearly uh, uh, make a link, a clear link between DAI DNI behavior and uh, and the performance of the companies which could be uh, one, 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 one way to, uh, to show that uh, it makes sense to invest in companies with good, uh, good diversity and inclusion uh, policies. And, and then on the other hand, uh, the good news is that we have today more and more also opportunities and innovation in, in, this, in the space of new uh, societal tools and, and, uh, and, uh, and solutions most of them, I mean, using uh, technology and AI and all, all, all these kind of things. But that could make a link between investments again and, and social. I, I'm not speaking about uh, uh, ethics and responsibility in this, but I think we, we, we should also understand what, what, what it means for investors. Because uh, at the end of the day, that's that the reason why uh, uh, these, uh, these tools are developing or not. So that, I think we, we, we can prove it and move forward uh in terms of the of disclosure it's probably uh, more difficult uh so so we'd see uh if the european uh, the eu uh, can can move forward on all this but uh, but but it will be uh, clearly uh, difficult i i i don't think there will ever be a, a social taxonomy for example for example it's clearly uh, uh, clearly so different from from what we have done for, on, on the un- environmental side so uh then, maybe to uh, add a uh, last thing on this, there is a question of uh, uh, the big i think question on uh, of inequalities, which is for me the biggest question on the social social side and it's very, very difficult to assess the impact of companies on inequalities uh, and and that's a pity because I, I think we and there is a strong, so strong link between, be, between this topic and also climate and, and climate and biodiversity and environment. I mean we can see we, we will not succeed in, uh, in, in facing climate change if we do not succeed in facing inequalities and not only inequalities within our countries. Developed countries, but also inequalities between developed countries and developing countries. That, that's the key point. I mean, uh, if we uh, do not face this uh, this issue, we, we we I mean, the climate will be clearly uh, I mean, uh, something uh, on the side, and uh, uh, we we won't succeed in uh, in what we uh, what what we uh, want to do on, on on climate side.
0: Thank you, Philip. Now moving on to the next last question. What are your views on further developing the Sustainable finance agenda in the EU and beyond. What do you think should be the priorities for the next European Commission post uh, the EU elections planned for June next year?
1: First, uh, we, we, we we clearly need to to implement all the uh, we uh, all, all the different uh, regulation which has been uh, passed and voted these last years. Some are some are. Are efficient, some are maybe less efficient. I'm thinking for example about the MIFID uh, one on uh, uh, social environmental preferences for, for retail investors which clearly doesn't work that, uh, that much. Uh, so we, we need to implement it and maybe uh, improve uh, the different regulation uh, in order that to, to make them really efficient. So I think this is clearly the most important priority uh, uh, at the beginning and, and clearly not stop uh, regulating. There is no way uh, a pause uh, is, uh, is necessary. Uh, we cannot, cannot make a pause uh, because all these topics are uh, evolving. What I would like the regulation to be is clearly much, much more strategic and flexible. Uh, strategic in the sense that I think we, the regulators should have an objective and then do test and learn with regulation, put some regulation on the table and then uh, see how the market is reacting to these regulations and then make it evolve. Thank
0: you, Philippe, for joining us today and for this insightful conversation. Thank you, Alexandra.